is Wednesday, June 28th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. Shohei Otani making more history. And Connor Bedard going to be making more money. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. Shohei Otani joins a select group of two-way players. And the NHL draft is tonight. Connor Bedard will become a member of the Chicago maybe, Blackhawks. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> you see it. the future? <laughs> yeah. Come on. You know the schedule came out last night, so now we know who's playing what where, opening games, all that Get stuff. Get your tickets, boys. Get your tickets to see the Golden Knights raise their Stanley Cup banner. But no, let's talk the Vegas lead to Shohei Otani because, AJ, more history was made last night by Otani who homered twice in a game which he was pitching, striking out 10 batters in six and a third innings. His start was cut short because of a cracked fingernail. Mm, hard, well, I can't really make fun of him. Like, yeah. <laughs> the dude hit two home runs and struck out 10 guys. Like, your fingernail cracks, okay, take the rest of the night off. I don't care. Uh, I don't know. Every time we talk about Otani, I'm like, this guy's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I tell my son all the time, I was like, you, you enjoy this because you're never going to see this again. This is like a, a unicorn. Uh, it really is just, it's, it's unbelievable to see it every time he takes the mound, and particularly the fact that he did both last night. He, he was pitching and it was such an offensive force. Uh, it, it's uh, it really is spectacular to see. So the Angels beat the White Sox four to two. Otani leads the majors with 28 home runs. He had solo home runs in the first and seventh innings. It's the first time he went deep twice in the same game that he was pitching in. He becomes the first American League player to do it, meaning homer twice and strike out ten in the same game uh, since Cleveland's Pedro Pedro Ramos. July 31st, 1963, it had been done four other times since 1893. In 1961, Baltimore's Milt Papas, we remember him. Oh, yeah. In 1971, Philadelphia's Rick Wise, we remember him. Of course. And then in 2017, Madison Bumgarner for the Giants. Never heard of him. And in 2019, Zach Greinke for Arizona. Honestly, I, you couldn't. I, didn't, I had no idea that Zach Greinke homered twice in the same game. Zach Greinke could rake. When I was in Houston, there were like times where Astros fans were saying, "We should let Greinke hit for himself." Uh, so uh, that dude can hit. I know that. Well, I mean, yeah. Well, Madison Bumgarner had that. Remember, they wanted Madison Bumgarner in the home run derby. Yep. Yeah. Because of how well he could it. swing it, man. You know who else was like a really good hitting pitcher and maybe like one of the first guys that I remember that was like a legit hitter as a pitcher and used to get. They used to put him into pinch hit like late in games when they would run the bench out. Mike Brooks Kieschnick. Vukovic? No. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Hampton. Was he really? Mike Hampton was a heck of a hitter. Uh, let's look up career home runs. And he was playing in Colorado, so I'm sure he was uh, raking. Well, he probably had home runs in, in Colorado, yeah, but he had 16 home runs. That's a strong number. Good for him. For a pitcher. Yeah. 16 home runs. Who has, Is that the most? No, Wes Farrell. 
has the most, 37 as a pitcher. Well, I guess what Shohei Otani has one now, right, has the most home runs. How many How many did you say Hampton has? Mike Hampton has 16. That's how many Brooks Kieschnick has. Yeah. Uh, Madison Bumgarner, 19. Oh, there's your winner. Yeah. I, you know what? You're wrong. We're wrong. You Like you said, Otani's the winner every o- time. Otani is the winner. Look at this list. Uh, uh, Carlos Zambrano, 24 oh, home runs. Hit. Yeah, he could rake. Nothing is funnier, though. Than the one home run that Bartolo Colon hit. I don't remember it. You don't remember Bartolo Colon's no, home run? But all I know is Bartolo Colon, with that build, he should be able to hit dingers. That's let's, the kind of kid when he comes up in Little League, oh boy, back up. This kid hits dingers. Let's refresh your memory. Colon looking for his first hit of the year. Oh. He drives one. Deep left field. That goes up to Back near the wall. It's out of here. <laughs> Bartolo has done it. The impossible has happened. The team vacates the dugout as Bartolo takes the long trot. His first career home run. And there will be nobody in the dugout to greet him. (laughs) This is one of the great moments in the history of baseball. Bartolo Colon has gone deep. I want to say that was one of the longest home run trots I've ever seen. But I think that's how fast he runs. <laughs> and now they'll flood up the tunnel and give him his just due. By the way, that call was on SNY. That game was in San Diego. Oh, really? <laughs> that was not. That was not a Mets home game. That's that a. Was, uh, that's a pitcher's park. That was a Mets road game in San Diego. One of the great moments. Uh, Bartol Colon. Can't believe it's been seven years already since that happened. Like, that's amazing. It's been that long ago. But, yeah, Bartolo Colon's home run, nothing funnier than that. And I love, uh, I guess it was Ron Darling who was like, that might have been the slowest home run trot I've ever seen. (laughs) Big, fat Bartolo Colon with the home run. Anyway, uh, Shohei Otani, a lot better at hitting home runs than uh, Bartolo Colon. Than any pitcher ever. Maybe than any hitter. I mean, (laughs) listen, he he has 13 home runs in, in June of this year. I mean, he's he might finish if you look at the major league standings, right? Like the the stats right now, okay? So he leads the league with twenty eight home runs. Next highest is Matt Olson of Atlanta, who's got twenty five. But let's look specifically in the American League, right? Twenty eight home runs. Next highest guy in the American League, Luis Roberts got twenty two. All right, RBIs. Shohei Otani's got sixty four. Next highest. Right on his tail, Adolis Garcia of Texas has got 63. Batting average, well, he's got a ways to catch up. Otani is ninth, batting 304. Oh, what a bum. Yeah. Oh, no, I'm sorry. That's all ML. Let me look at the American League. Uh, Otani is fifth in the AL at 304. Bo Bichette is first at 323. Yandy Diaz and Austin Hayes, 315. Then Alex Verdugo, 307. Then Otani, 304. I mean, it's not crazy to think that Otani could win the Triple Crown this year. No. Most home runs, most RBIs, best batting average. He could be the Triple Crown. He is the unquestioned best player in baseball, in my opinion. Like, I I don't think that there is – I get Aaron Judge hit – you know, he he broke an American League record last Mm -hmm. year. That's the only reason why he was the MVP. The reality is Shohei Otani's the MVP every year. He is the most valuable yes. player to any baseball team because you pay one salary for 
an ace pitcher mm-hmm. and your best hitter. It is unheard of. Yeah. And Otani to win the MVP right now, it's not even it's it's stupid the odds for Otani. I think we talked a couple of weeks ago. Minus seven fifty, is that what you're seeing now? Well, I was gonna say a couple of weeks ago when we talked about it, it was like minus two fifty. Yeah. And we were saying, oh, look at the odds of this guy. You know, minus 250. Does anybody else have a chance? And, yeah, he's minus 700 to be the MVP right now. Yeah, good luck. Minus 700. What's crazy is he's 11-1 to win the Cy Young. Now, that's not going to happen, but there's four other guys in front of him to win the Cy Young. But you have a guy that's that high up to win the Cy Young. The fact that he's in the conversation is crazy. Exactly, which means the minus 700 should be more like minus 2,000 because he's going to win the most valuable player award in the American League. You know, it's interesting. We had this conversation last night, and I'll ask you in relation to where it stands now. If Otani does win the MVP, that'll be two MVPs in the last three seasons. Where does he – what's the odds on Otani next year? I mean, he'd be the favorite, certainly. Like, he should be the favorite every single year. I I think the question becomes – like how many can he rack up? Like if how many, I mean, it's almost a question of how many years does he keep playing? Like, because if you keep doing this, if you keep being a top five hitter and a top five pitcher in the league every year, I don't think voters will get tired of that. Like I, I thought that my fascination with it would like simmer down at some point, mm-hmm. but I'm still like blown away every time I see it. It, it, it is unbelievable that someone can do this. I don't think there's going to be fatigue on him. I, I think it's that unbelievable. Well, I thought last year with the whole judge thing that the voter fatigue would go against Otani because I felt like, like you said, he's the MVP every single season. Next year, he's going to be an overwhelming favorite. I think if somebody comes along next year and has a really good season, then there could be something with Otani where they don't give it to him again. Or maybe they do give it to him again. Maybe it takes three MVPs in four seasons for then voter fatigue to come into play. Like what would someone have like, okay, what Aaron judge did last year. I get, I I think you and I agree. If someone had voted for Otani last year, it wouldn't have been crazy. No, not at all. So like it took Aaron judge doing something. No American league player had Mm -hmm. ever done in history. Like when you say, if someone comes along and does something special, like what could they do? Like what could someone do that would, would top, what Otani does every year. I, I just don't know what it is. You have to hit 50 home runs, driving, you know, win two of the three triple crown categories. Yeah, maybe. That's, but yeah. even then, who's the most, if I said who's the most likely guy to do that, it's Shohei Otani. Yeah. Well, you wonder, if Aaron Judge didn't get hurt, honestly, you wonder what type of season that Judge could could be having right now. Because Judge played 49 games this year and he has 19 home runs yeah that's 0.38 per game right Otani has has 28 home runs and he's played 79 games it's 0.35 so technically judge in his 49 games on a slightly better home run pace than Shohei Otani sure that's one stat though Uh, like I say I keep going back to like how many guys did Aaron Judge strike out this year? Like so, yeah, it, yeah, it's that's true. So you have to like you have to think about how special someone's hitting season would have to be 
Like, it'd have to be so much better than whatever Otani did. Mm-hmm. And like what you said, like, it, let's say you, you measure Judge's stats out for a full year. Let's say they are slightly better than Otani's. Like, you have, you have this whole other thing to factor in. Yeah. And that's what I think is just, it, it's, it's hard for me to fathom what someone would have to do to, to top it. I mean, take it off the board now or leave it up there for bridge, dump, bridge jumper bets. Yeah, hey, that's the two options. I, I, I'm Honestly, jumping off that is, bridge. This is, yeah, this isn't even like minus seven hundred is not bad. It's not bad. It's almost like there's value. There, there is. Because who? I mean, again, betting Purdue the first round of the NCAA tournament I, is let a me, worse bet than Shohei Otani to be the MVP. Let me make sure that this cracked fingernail doesn't get infected or that's something. That's true. That's true. Uh, like, you know what? You're right. If Otani gets hurt tomorrow and doesn't play the rest of the season, well, does he still win the MVP? No. No, but he still finishes top five. That I agree with. But you know what's crazy is like there's no one else that you would bet on. Corey Seager's thirty to one. Wander Franco's thirty-five to one. Randy Arozarena forty to one. I'll tell you who's interesting, and it's not about his. Uh, you know, it's not about um, his MVP candidacy this year, but Adley Rutschman. He's 40 to 1 to win the MVP, by the way. He's not going to be the MVP. But if you want to talk about value, when you look at the Baltimore Orioles, since Adley Rutschman made his major league debut, they are by far the most profitable team in Major League Baseball. Adley Rutschman debuted May 21st of 2022. If you bet $100 on every Baltimore Orioles game since Rutschman's debut, you're up $3,800. Wow. $3,890. The next highest profitable team in that same exact span, the Atlanta Braves, $1,180. Not even close. Not even close. Not even close. He has changed that franchise. Yeah. So in terms of value, valuable, look at what Adley Rutschman has done to the Baltimore Orioles. He has completely changed the landscape of that franchise. And, and I think it, you bring that up, and it takes me back to Otani. Normally the knock on Otani and what the, the knock on Trout was when he was winning his MVPs was, well, how valuable are they if they're not winning any games? Well, now it looks like the Angels are a playoff team. Yes. And if the Angels are a playoff a team – and Otani's hitting the way he's hitting and pitching the way he's pitching, it's undeniable. It really is. If they're a, if they're a playoff caliber team and he's doing that, mm-hmm. and keep in mind, he's doing all this in a season where Mike Trout hasn't been all that good. And like he, there's not a, there's not his normal protection in the lineup. Mm-hmm. Like this, it really is wild to see, to think that he's able to do this. Well, let's talk about what we have on the schedule for tonight. The Angels will take on the White Sox. Uh, Jaime Berea gets the start for the Angels. Lucas Giolito goes for the White Sox. Angels minus 120, total of eight and a half for that game tonight. The The action starts early, though, here on Wednesday morning. The Twins at the Braves. Atlanta is a minus 155 favorite with Colby Allard on the mound against Kenta Maeda. Didn't Colby Allard used to pitch for the Rangers? I don't know. He's a made-up person. Yeah, no, he's, he's not made-up. He doesn't yeah. exist. Yes, Colby Allard pitched for the Texas Rangers for the last four seasons. Uh, last year made 
uh, 10 appearances, did not get a start last year, had a 7.29 ERA two years ago, 2021, made 17 starts with a 5.41 ERA. This will be his first uh, appearance in 2023 for the home Atlanta Braves. Speaking of MVPs, Ronald Acuna is the favorite in the National League. The guy's having a ridiculous season. It's Patrick Corbin Day. The Nationals are at the Mariners. Now, this is a uh, afternoon game, 1.10 Pacific time. So sun's out, right? Maybe some shadows in the ballpark, something you're not used to, day game. Patrick Corbin, during the day this season, actually better than at Ooh. night. A 4.63 ERA during the day, but a 6.34 ERA away from D.C. Logan Gilbert, meanwhile, when he pitches at home, a 4.00 ERA, and during the day, not good, 5.47 ERA for Logan Gilbert. I say this because the Mariners are heavily favored at minus 250, but you're not going to trust Patrick no. Corbin. No. Although Patrick Corbin, not as terrible as he was last year. Still terrible, though. Still terrible. Uh, the Reds are at the Orioles. Kyle Gibson starts for Baltimore. Luke Weaver for Cincinnati. The Orioles are minus 165. Padres are at the Pirates. Mitch Keller goes for Pittsburgh. Blake Snell for San Diego. Padres minus 165. The Padres just lost last night to the Pirates. That's their third straight loss. Would you bet on them to bounce back here? I would not. I don't know what's going on there right now. It seems like a total mess. Giants are at the Blue Jays and not sure what the Blue Jays are going to do with their pitching situation just yet. Logan Webb is the announced starter for the Giants. The Marlins are at the Red Sox. It's Braxton Garrett for the Marlins and the Red Sox have uh, not decided what they're going to do with their pitching Situation. We might see some openers, some bullpen days in Major League Baseball here on, on Wednesday. Uh, the Brewers are at the Mets. The Mets, who uh, got a nice win as they made. Every the, win's a nice win when you're the Mets, right? Yeah, now. but you know what? Yesterday, really, the conversation really started to um, become louder about the hot seat for Buck Showalter. And I think a win last night was really important to kind of slow those down a bit. I'm not saying they're going away. I'm not saying the seat is cooler, but a win last night was an important win. Had they lost last night and then, you know, they win tonight, I don't think it has the same effect. The win last night was important because of the way that they lost the day before and because of the conversation being probably as loud as it's been all season around Buck Showalter yesterday. I mean, it was all every major, you know, sports outlet was talking about Buck Showalter in a hot seat yeah. yesterday. So a big win for the Mets yesterday, and tonight. Singa on the mound tonight. Cody Senga, minus 140 favorites against the Brewers and Wade Miley. The strikeout prop for Senga tonight, six and a half, plus 105 to the over. Ooh, a little plus money on the over? That's I funny. know. A little ghost fork ball action. Astros are at the Cardinals. Miles Michaelis goes for the Cardinals. Christian Javier for the Astros. Cardinals are minus 120. Tigers at the Rangers. It's Dane Dunning Day. Joey Wentz goes for the Tigers. The Rangers minus 215. Dane Dunning, 6-1 with a 2.76 ERA. Joey Wentz, 1-8 with a 6.72. ERA. That's good versus bad. Scott. That is good versus bad. Drew Smiley gets the start for the Cubs as they host the Philadelphia Phillies. Aaron Nola going for Philadelphia. Philly 
is a minus 120 favorite. Logan Allen gets the start for the Guardians in Kansas City against the Royals. Austin Cox goes for KC. Logan Allen and the Guardians are minus 130 favorites. Yankees at the A's. The A's won last night 2-1 to one over the Yankees. Paul Blackburn, you know, you, you asked the question, AJ, yesterday morning. You were like, why? Why are they favored? Why, why is it such a short price? Well, Paul Blackburn, five and a third innings pitched, four hits allowed, just one run on a home run. Johnny Brito, meanwhile. Y- Yankees should fold the franchise. Johnny Brito pitched great. Five and two-thirds innings, four hits, only two runs allowed. I mean, that's, uh, that's a really good outing from Johnny Brito, but they can't beat the – I told you, the Yankees always struggle out west. That's a, that's a bad loss. There's no way to – no way to uh, – you can say Johnny Brito pitched great. It, it, there's no good loss to the A's. No. No, I mean, well, do we fade the A's now after the win? J.P. Sears gets the start tonight. Domingo Herman for the Yankees. Yankees minus 155. Ooh, that still feels like a pretty short price on the Yankees. That's last the time, only way I'd look for sure. Last time we saw Herman, eight runs on 10 hits and three and a third innings to Seattle. Ugh. The time before that, seven runs on seven hits and two innings to Boston. Yeah, I'll pass. Maybe something's not right with Domingo or Herman. And the Rays are at the Diamondbacks. The Diamondbacks won last night behind Zach Gallen. Zach Davies will be on the mound tonight. Zach Eflin will go for the Rays. So Very the Zachs, confusing. Yeah, the Zachs continue to shine. Zach Davies, let me give you some stats here. At home this year, he is the opposite of Zach Gallen. Zach Allen with, you know, came into the start last night with a 1.00 ERA at home. Well, Zach Davies has a 9.9 ERA oh at home. Uh, I think the that's Rays. That's two nines? That's two 9.9. Mm. Yeah. I think the Rays get their revenge behind Zach Eflin fading Zach Davies. Tampa Bay minus 155 tonight. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it, and it's so easy here. Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time. For no additional charge, find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped aboard as a sponsor with us, 
I've been drinking AG1 because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality, and I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com SOV. That's drinkag1.com SOV. Check it out. Joining us now on SOVAM, the only two-time winner of the Super Contest, Mr. Steve Fezzik. Fez, good morning. Good morning, Scott. How are you? Doing good. I wanted to talk to you about Canadian football. And no, if you're listening to the pod right now, we're not going to get into a deep dive here of the BC Lions against the uh, Stampeders or we're not whatnot. A bu- we're not a bunch <laughs> of hosers. <laughs> no, right? no, but it is the dog days of summer, as as people say, right? And Major League Baseball is going on. The All-Star break is less than two weeks away. But Canadian football is going on right now. And at pregame.com, you are hyper-focused on Canadian football, correct? Incorrect. No, oh, no. No, I my guys are hyper-focused ah. on Canadian football. And I am You're a gather, simply a messenger. <laughs> I'm a gatherer. I'll use an example. Think about a mutual fund. And you have analysts that are working, mm-hmm. and your mutual fund is trading in all these securities and like. And you're not going to have time to do all that research. So my guys, um, a couple of them are from Canada. Well, your guys are doing you guys are doing well right now because I believe you're undefeated in CFL action so far. Yeah, so you know, kudos to all my guys, including but not limited to the eight of clubs who is from Canada, a, and so (laughs) um, and I managed somehow to throw out a couple of their questionable plays that wound up losing. So four and zero, knock on wood, and have a play up for this coming week. So. I don't, I mean, I know the game. I've seen it on TV. I know some of the rules that are quite different from the NFL. Is there a key number? Like in the NFL, we know about the field goal. We know about the three. We know about the seven, right? Is there a key number when it comes to CFL? Because I know they have like one point plays. I mean, I I tuned in, I think it was last week or two weeks ago, and there was a 4-4 score at some point early in the game. And it was not a baseball game. (laughs) This was a football game. I got to imagine that the numbers are a little off. Yeah, so there are, the, there are key numbers. So there, no, there are important numbers. Let's not call them key. As mm-hmm. you, you nailed it, there's the one-point rouge. You punt into the end zone, or if you miss a field goal and it goes in the end zone, other team gets a point. And sometimes, frankly, the team would rather give up that point and surrender it than start on their own one- or two-yard line. That's like the worst of all worlds. You'd much rather just start on your 35 and surrender a point, especially earlier in the game. And teams are savvy about taking safeties, especially in bad weather. If you're on your own four-yard line and that's third and eight, well, just go ahead and take the safety and give up the two points. So you have funky scores. But nevertheless, there is overtime. If teams tie, they play into overtime. We have already had one of them. That game did land three, so... Three is still um, much more important than two or one. 
if you ask me how many cents it's worth, maybe I'll send you over to somebody like a unabated or somebody else. <laughs> ask Captain Jack, and maybe maybe they have that information. Maybe they don't. But um, I would say, would I buy a half point for ten cents in the CFL on three? I would. Do you ever worry that all the guys you're getting information on Canadian football from, none of them have real names? Like, does that worry you at all? No, because I know I know who they. <laughs> okay. Well, that's actually you know it's a great question because one guy I don't. One of my connections I actually don't have pastrami he gave me his real name <laughs> but I, I but i forgot and i had deleted the thread so he is i've labeled him cfl guy oh sucks to be him um yeah and 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 so but i put him on my list of all, all my other sports and he sends me his cfl picks and he's been quite good and you know um i'm, I'm buddy of, of all people will hill um not the will hill the the the, the um some call him caesar yeah, he, he, <laughs> he um he actually is is like lined up in the CFL also uh, sending me plays so we're sharing back and forth Napa Mike who's been in the office he's bet CFL um let's face it as soon as August 26th occurs and uh in Dublin Ireland and Notre Dame plays Navy the CFL plays are likely going to go on to the back burner CFL or WNBA more beatable sport I think CFL. Really? Yes. Um, probably because— Do you think I, it's because maybe WNBA is being it's more publicized now, and so the lines are getting sharper? I do. I, I, I mean, we're seeing bigger crowds, and people are following it more. And I also think that the turnover on a CFL team is just tremendous year to year mm-hmm. in terms of, you know, and even during the NFL year— um, you'll have situations where guys will find their – they'll get cut and they'll make their way to Canada, eh? you know, and just the like of, um, of the personnels and, and what happens. Uh, frankly, the WNBA – it could be me, though. might not be the WNBA isn't very beatable. It's just I've always done well in the WNBA, but I just don't like it. I don't, <laughs> I don't know Becky Hammond's coaching the Aces, and I love Becky Hammond, you know, Colorado State guard and, and you know, successful career with – um, San Antonio, but for the most part, for whatever reason, everyone talks it's a pure game. It's played below the rim, and people really like you know the strategy around it. And maybe I'm just an old guy. Get off my lawn. I can't stand watching the WNBA. Well, here's all you need to know. The Aces are minus 140 to win the title. The Liberty are plus 175. Next highest favorite is 13 to 1. Yeah, what's going on there is the playoff format is such that there's a double or I guess it's really a triple buy into the final four. So the Liberty and the Aces are very likely to be the, the Aces, the one seed, the Liberty, the two seed. They beat up on some tired team that makes it there, and then they slug it out for you know for the title. So that makes sense. What's interesting, when the season started, those two teams were both two to one. Mm. So they're rated, rated as being you know comparable, and then um, the New York has really underperformed, and obviously the Aces have been better Although there was talk, maybe they'll go undefeated. There's 40 games in the WNBA. You know, they'll win 33 games. Pez, let's transition here. Um, I want to talk a little Major League Baseball, but also in relation to that, the new Caesars Nevada app just launched. And with that, you're allowed to do same-game parlays for the first time. Here in Nevada, we got same-game parlays. But there's also interesting prop bets that are available on the app that are not available if you were to go into a sportsbook and bet. Some of them being like the Nerfies, which are a popular bet, the no-run first innings, yes-run first innings. But there's also prop that's a, bets. That's, that's a Yerfie. That's a Yerfie, yes. <laughs> there's also prop bets you can do inning bets, and you can look at, let's say, 
the last inning of a game, the ninth inning, and you can maybe pick an over-under, will a run be scored in the ninth inning? For example, today's game between the Braves and the Twins. Atlanta's a home favorite at minus 160. Now, I can bet ninth inning runs on this Caesars Nevada new app. Zero minus 195. So the no-run ninth inning is minus 195. I have a minus 160 favorite here in the Atlanta Braves. If they are winning after, you know, going into the ninth inning, I only got to get three outs. I got to get the Twins out. And then you don't have to worry about Atlanta batting in the bottom of the ninth. Minus 195, what do you think? So let's do the math on this. So Atlanta's minus 160 without going through all the rigmarole of how to calculate it. There's about a 50-50 chance Atlanta's going to bat in the bottom of the ninth. So Funny you say that. You can bet, will the home team be batting in the bottom of the ninth? The no is minus 110. So if it's about 50-50, all we need to do is price out what our – it's not a nerfy because it's a ninth inning bet. But we'll, it's, a, it's a nerly. It's a no, nerly. Nerly. No run last inning. Okay. So if it does go nine innings, there's a 50% chance, the full nine innings, then that will be close to a 50% proposition. But if it only goes eight and a half innings, as you said, uh, then we're going to have about a 70% chance at least of there not being run. So if we average the 70% and the 50%, we get 60% should be a little bit higher. I, I would say 62% back of the envelope. Uh, favorite that we don't have a run in the ninth inning. Which correlates to what on the money line? So that would be like minus uh, one, only like 158, something like that. So minus 195 is too much juice. Well, what's the take back? Oh, well, there is no yes, no. It's just you can choose zero, one. Oh, yeah. I want to to bet the plus 165, not the minus 195. Okay. Well, you can do match betting. But I just think this is great. What's your take on an app like this launching in Nevada? with all of these prop bets and same-game parlays available? You know, I am a big believer, give the betters as many options as possible. I'm good with that. It's let them decide. You know, you want to, it's like with blackjack. If people want to bet, you know, all the, the dealer envy, or if they want to bet the easy bust, even though there's big house edges, I'm a-okay with that. Give the consumer what they want, especially with big payouts, potentially. Where I've always had a problem is, or an issue is when a content provider is talking about, hey, you know, this is a tremendous value and opportunity and throwing those out instead of, you know what, this is just a, this is probably a fun recreation type bet that mm-hmm, you can consider mm-hmm. making, but don't go crazy with it because there is, you know, some, some very high house vig associated with it. One thing that I love is the double option that's offered because oftentimes I hear this all the time. Fez, I don't like laying minus 240s. I don't like taking minus two, having to play a minus 210 mm-hmm. on a big favorite in baseball. Well, when you bet these double results, um, it, when a team like Atlanta is a two-to-one favorite and you can bet Atlanta needs to win the first five innings, then they need to win the game. They have to win both for you to win. And then it, it all of a sudden you're getting much more reasonable vigs closer to minus 110. And that appeals to a great amount of betters. All right. Well, let's check it out. For example, today we have the Mariners, a minus 250 favorite over the Nationals. Double result on Mariners, Mariners, minus 135. There you go. And, and, and just off the top of your head, you're thinking to yourself, you know what? If they win the first five, they're almost, they're very, very likely to win the game. Yeah, because you only four, you only got four innings left. <laughs> and so who wants to lay minus 250 when I can almost cut that vegan half to minus 135 with the double result? I can tell you that's going to be very popular. Here's what you have to realize, betters, when you're doing these double results. Ties are an option. 
So if you're betting Mariners, Mariners, that means the Mariners have to have a lead after five innings and then win the game. Yeah, so it's Not fine. tie it's and fine. then win the game. It's fine for them to tie at the end of the ninth inning and win. That counts as a win, but it doesn't work in first five innings. You're right. If it's 3-3, three, three, then you Ties lose. lose. Ties yes. lose first five. Because yeah. Unless you predict a tie, right? Yes, but I can tell you right now, if you can find a way to bet tie as one of your options and then pick the winner, you are a better handicapper than I, I guess. <laughs> I guess it's possible if the wind was blowing in at 50 miles an hour at Wrigley with two with Stroman and somebody else pitching, that maybe a tie would be probable enough that you could find a way to parlay it. But my goodness, it would be difficult. Like you want that 0-0. Zero, zero. Yeah, or a 1-1. Zero, zero right. uh, how do you, how you like in Major League Baseball so far? We're, we're almost at the All-Star break. It's coming up before we know it, two weeks away. And during the All-Star break, I'm going to do a lot of assessment on win totals and awards futures as well. So that's what I, I'm going to be doing that during the, you know, days off during the MLB All-Star break. But where are you right now at this point in the Major League Baseball season as we're here on June 28th? I used to love baseball in the 70s. Big Red Machine, Ken Griffey Jr., um, Cesar Geronimo. Ken Griffey Sr. Thank you. Um, Dave Concepcion, Don Gullett, you know, all the big names. Jack Billingham, I'm sure everyone else would cite those as the Reds they remember from the 70s. Joe Morgan. Um, of course, I'm being silly, leaving out Bench and Rose and, you know, and, and the like. <laughs> Tony Perez, greatest clutch hitter in the history of baseball. No one could argue with that. Um, but I love the fact we're back to games lasting two hours, two hours, 40 minutes. Took in a game at Petco in San Diego. The experience, just phenomenon. Um, I'm a little biased because I'm having a great baseball season at 86 and 51. And I got to tell you, I'm keeping it simple, stupid. I mean, I'm not, I'm not betting against the A's. I mean, I'm not betting on the A's. Mm-hmm. I'm not betting on the Royals. And I am uh, selectively looking to play good teams in good spots against bad teams. That has certainly worked so far. And, um, you know, there's one team. There's one team with a mediocre record that I think is truly, really bad. And that's the Pittsburgh Pirates. Your thoughts? Pirates under 73, adjusted season win number. I can't see how these Pirates aren't going to finish last in the division and go under 73. I would agree with that. Uh, They've won two of their last 10 games. They have a minus 39 run differential, which is the the biggest disparity in that division. I know the Cardinals are not worse than them, even though the record is worse than them. So I do think the Cardinals will win games and then get above the Pittsburgh Pirates. So uh, I think the Pirates do, yeah. See, uh, you know, I, I do think they... They lose and and they fall to last place. Question for you in that division: uh, Jet lag. St. Louis Cubs go across the pond, mm-hmm. play in London for a couple days. They do get one day off. They come back. They both play. They uh, Cards won. Cubs lose. I think there might be a little hangover for a few days with that travel. Or again, hey, it's not like they're flying, you know, Alaska Airlines to get over there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe I'm overreacting. What do you think? Uh, we didn't. I mean, it was a low-scoring game for the uh, for uh, both of them, right? They both didn't really score. Well, I think Cardinals scored four runs last night, so they won the game. I I could see it. I don't think it's maybe the travel. I think maybe it's like all the circumstances surrounding the games because it's a busy two days when you're there. Well, it's more than two days. It's a busy two days when you're there. You got the games, but you're also doing a lot of Major League Baseball activities, you know, meet and greets and things like that to promote the game. You're at the ballpark earlier than you would be for a traditional game. You're not in your normal bed, your normal clubhouse. So maybe 
last night was the opportunity to fade. Maybe it carries over for another day, but I think they'll they're back to their normal schedule. Yeah, and I know that 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 last game in London. I know Strowman's a Cy Young Award candidate, and there was a whole bunch of runs he gave up, a lot of them unearned. So uh, maybe there's there's one pitcher that I would look to. Um, I think you can throw that game in London in the garbage can yeah. and go back-to-back in Strowman, especially when he pitches in Wrigley. Now, with that London game, uh, everyone jumped to bet the over because we all saw what happened when the Yankees and Red Sox played there. 50 runs in two games, all the home runs. But what they did this year was they brought they they pushed the fences back, and they were hoping that that would and and also not the same juiced balls that there was back then when the Yankees and Red Sox played. But the books opened up the number 13 and a half, 14, and game one goes under, and then there was an adjustment on game two. I think maybe a little bit of an overreaction that wound up pushing because it finished. You know, at I 12. don't. I, I don't think it was an overreaction. I think because there were so many unearned runs, I saw the whole game. And I would make the case that this game two should have gone under. Also, though, mm-hmm. landed on the number ultimately at twelve. But this is this is really important. What game should you focus on? The weird ass game, the game that is totally different from yeah. every every other game. And I got to tell you, I and people get mad at me. I'll say, it. I do think like the square balls before the series came said, oh, you know, the Red Sox scored and the Yankees scored the fifty runs mm-hmm. in the two games, and you you nailed it. The outfield did get pushed back, but only like six or eight feet. Yeah, you know, it wasn't like that dramatic. But like like who cares? Like, I, I know it was 50 runs, but the bottom line is, is London suddenly more conducive to scoring than Colorado or Mexico City at 7,700 feet? I mean, you've got to give me, you've got to make a presentation to explain why that the scoring was going to be higher. Okay, it's a smaller ballpark. Fine, I accept that. It's it, Great America has totals at 11, Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really small ballpark also. And I've got Stroman pitching in the second game. So when game one was going under and going way under, it was 13 and a half. And this is how pros make money. They they identify, oh, that's just a stupid number they put up on game one and game two. And they nailed, they bet the under 13 and a half for game two and under 13, under 12 and a half. And the, all those bets got the money. And then what was interesting is it got all the way down to 11 and a half. Mm-hmm. And then 6.30 a.m. Pacific, money came in on the over and boom, you know, scoop it um, in the middle when it lands 12. You want the uh, new Major League Baseball system? I do. Bet. Against the Kansas City Royals after they win. <laughs> well, you don't get many betting opportunities. The, we, we, we're probably only going to get like 12 bets the rest of so the year, right? The Royals are 5-17 and 17 after a win this season. 15 of the 17 losses by, more than, by two or more runs. So if you just take the run line against the Royals the day after they win... You're, you're very profitable this I, season. I, I, I'm going to make a bold prediction if I bet the run line against the Royals... Um, just period on all the games, I'm going to be very profitable because they, you know, the A's are getting all the press as being historically bad. I think they're on pace to be the worst team in the modern era. And I believe the Royals are going to be top five. So it's altogether possible. Kansas City, 27 and 52 against the run line this year. Yeah, that's. And that's both dogs and favorites, but one of their favorites. Like as a favorite this year. Yeah, against Oakland three times. They, 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 they were. They lost in that series. <laughs> as a favorite, Kansas City. One and thirteen on the run line as a favorite this year. My goodness, how? Yeah, I'm, my goodness, they've been favored for fourteen games. I mean, how is how is that even? <laughs> Who did that? That's the shock. That's the shocking part. Of you know, you thing. look at you look at these season wins. I've been I've been like banging the drum on Oakland under the whole year, like when they were in the mid fifties. But Kansas City, you still get them like under fifty three. How in the world are they going to win fifty games? I mean, they they and Oakland are both going to win 
All right, Oakland's going to win 47, and Kansas City's going to win 48. Write that down. If I nail the trifecta, I want or the exact I want dinner. Yeah, and I, honestly, could you imagine if they trade Salvador Perez at the trade deadline? You know, give the vet a chance to win, send them to a team. Or their, their bullpen arms, which is what I've heard, is the, yeah. the most uh, desirable thing. And that's so. the beauty of fading these really bad teams and these adjusted season wins is that the projection sites all are based upon the current squad. Yeah. And obviously teams That's like not the Yankees be the squad at the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like the Yankees, the Brewers, the Cubs, I mean, there's a bad example the Dodgers are certainly going to be looking to pick those guys up. One more question for you in baseball. How is it possible that the San Diego Padres with those dudes at the top four of their lineup, how are they so bad? And they're I, below I have no teams? idea. They should be they should be much better, and I had I I bet their team total over yesterday because they're the seventh best team in Major League Baseball against lefties, and they were facing a lefty in Rich Hill. I mean, they scored three runs off Hill in the second inning, and I'm like, Psh, this thing is going way over. They scored four runs. They had 11 hits, but only four runs. Hmm. When was the last time you saw a team with double digit hits that doesn't go over their team total? You know, sometimes some of it. I haven't. I don't watch enough games. And the one game I'm at Petco, they had a runner, two outs, guy in second, thrown outs, stealing third. That's the sort of thing that's... That's um, dumb baseball. That's just dumb baseball. And they hit into three double plays last night, which is not good. That's how that's how you get 11 hits and only four runs. You know, I would love to see a stopwatch timing, how long it takes a batter to get to first base when he hits into a, an average double play ball versus when he hits one in the hole and he's trying to get a hit. I am confident that he runs a good point .05 seconds faster when he's trying to get a hit than when he's trying to prevent a double play. Maybe. Maybe. Fez, appreciate you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, guys. Tonight is the NHL draft. Connor Bedard will be selected number one overall by the Chicago Blackhawks. And the NHL schedule was released yesterday, AJ. So we know that Bedard will make his NHL debut, or could be his NHL debut, if he starts right away in the NHL. Uh, Chicago scheduled to play Pittsburgh in the opening night so of the saying, NHL schedule. You keep saying he will be selected number one. Tonight. Yes, yes. Is this more or less of a lock than Wimbanyama? Mm. So what are the current odds? If I wanted there to... is, It's more of a lock. There is no odd. You cannot bet on the number one pick. You cannot bet it? No. Okay. That feels like a lock. Then. And Wimbanyama was what, minus 20,000? Yeah, something, something like, like, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, there is, no, there is no odds for the number one overall pick. Okay. <laughs> I was just thinking about taking out a second second mortgage and trying to make something happen. Try see if somebody can offer it to you. See if somebody will write it up. But uh, nope, there is no odds for the number one overall pick. And uh, I do believe Bedard plays right away in the NHL. So we might see him that October 10th, opening day of the NHL season. The Vegas Golden Knights will raise their Stanley Cup championship banner on opening night, October 10th, against the Seattle Kraken. Uh, it seems like they sh- I, I would have wanted the Knights to play like a, uh, a more prolific opponent, I would think, for Banner Day. Am I wrong? Like, wouldn't it have been fun for them to play like, I don't know, uh, I guess the Penguins, who we just talked about, the, the Blackhawks are going to be playing, or... or uh, the Rangers or, you know, some sort of team that's got some – or the the Maple Leafs or Canadian, some team that's got some history, some championship history. Yeah, maybe, but, I mean, the Kraken I, – I think the Kraken are a team to buy in on. Then I, I accept that. I, I mean, or they give them a, just a free win. 
That'd be a good move. <laughs> like give Vegas a, an easy an easy game. I'll take that too. Um, there's also some interesting quirks to the schedule. There'll be a full slate of games for the Friday after Thanksgiving. 15 games Damn. for Black Friday. No games on Thanksgiving. That's the NFL's, uh, you know, day. That's, yeah. The Winter Classic, we already knew this already. Vegas and Seattle. That'll be up in Seattle, T-Mobile Park, where the uh, Mariners play baseball. That'll be the Winter Classic, Vegas and Seattle. And for the first time since 2016, the NHL is going to hold two stadium series games, both at MetLife Stadium, where the Jets and Giants play. It'll be the Flyers and the Devils on February 17th, Rangers and Islanders on February 18th, and a couple of international games, the Kings and the Coyotes will play in Melbourne, Australia on September 23rd and 24th for two preseason games. Get to see the Coyotes. There you go. Coyotes. We call them dingoes here. Yeah, the dingoes take on the Kings. <laughs> <laughs> and then the uh, Detroit, Toronto, Ottawa, and Minnesota will head to Stockholm, Sweden for four games November 16th through the 19th. So those are your international games for the NHL. And uh, Stanley Cup rematch, Golden Knights-Panthers, December 23rd. Bring it on. Maybe maybe you guys can hold VGK to less than eight this time. <laughs> yeah, bring it on. A couple of trades went down in the NHL yesterday as we prepare for the draft tonight. The Flames sending Tyler Toffoli to the Devils. They get Yegor Sharangovich and a draft pick, the 80th overall draft pick in uh, this year's draft. Uh, the Sharks get some goaltending depth as they get Mackenzie Blackwood from the Devils, so that does uh, help with their goaltending needs. Uh, the Kings get uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois from the Jets. Nice move for them. And uh, contract news. Uh, Evgeny Dadanov, who was injured for the Stars in the playoffs, he gets a contract extension through the 2024-25 season. I really like that to fully trade, though, for the Devils. Because it gives them another, like, top winger to pair up with their, you know, like, maybe on the same line line as Jack Hughes. Like, look at this this forward group now. Jack Hughes, Timo Meyer, Andre Palat, Nico Heischer, Jesper Brat, and Tyler Toffoli. I got to be honest with you. Uh, I, I think the Devils are, I think the Devils are a great bet. A right? great bet for what? Ten to one to win the Stanley Cup. Oh, are you crazy? Yeah. Okay, back to back. Well, it, it could happen. Uh, I think ten to one on the Devils is 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 a nice proposition right now. Well, AJ, before we uh, give out the promo code and tell everyone how they could save money at pregame.com, there is a Gold Cup match tonight. The United States taking on St. Kitts. What is your guess on the massively favored United States? What's the line tonight against St. Kitts? I don't even know what that is. Is it? I mean, Saint Kitts and Nevis. What is, is that? A country? Yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, you don't know. It's in the West Indies. No, I don't know it. Uh, I'm gonna go. You've never been to Saint Kitts? I've not. I'm gonna go minus. It's a Caribbean country. Minus five thousand. Ooh, you're close. Minus ten thousand. Oh. Yeah. That's a one with a bunch of zeros next to it. Minus 10,000, the United States tonight against St. Kitts 
and that is not a pick that any of our experts will have on pregame.com. I can promise you that. Maybe a prop for the game, but certainly not uh, a minus 10,000 favorite. Head to pregame.com. Sign up for free. Become a pregame.com member, and in doing so, you will earn a free $25 just for signing up as a new member. Use it on anything you'd like at pregame.com. And we are offering listeners of this podcast a special 20% off coupon for anything you'd like. At pregame.com, you can get a seven-day all-access package, a weekender all-access. Maybe you want to get the bridge to football discounted package. Yeah, look that one up at pregame.com because that's a really good package available for you. Getting every pick from your favorite pregame pro from now through August 3rd, which is the Hall of Fame game. And the Jets are going to be in that Hall of Fame game, aren't they? They are. That's right. Here's the promo code to save 20% at pregame.com. In honor of LSU winning the national championship, let's go Tigers 20. Tigers 20 gets you 20% off at pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman, Steve Fezzik joined us. I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.